As followers of Christ, we try and guard our words, not simply to be nice, but because it's a biblical mandate. Now, since preaching an entire sermon on saying things would be preaching to the choir here, this morning I want to just let the word of God speak. I want to allow our souls to ingest and digest some key passages from scriptures about our words. And in between, I'll share a couple of brief reflections on why we should be aware of what our words are being said, of what's being said and how they're being said. All this leading up to our time and celebration of communion at the end of the service. I'd like to pray and ask God's guidance uh, on our thoughts. I'd like to ask him to convict us of sins of our tongue and frankly to lead us to confession. Lord God, we recognize that we should watch what we say. And we recognize that it's not always easy. We thank you for the times that you guide us in that. We thank you for the times throughout Scripture where you remind us of the effect that our words would have. I pray, Father, as we open up your Scriptures and read different passages from different authors in different times about the effects of the tongue, that that you would convict us this morning, that you would weigh heavy on our hearts times that we need to come before you and confess the effects of our words. We pray you bless our time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 120, verses 2 and 3. Rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. O deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? How will he increase your punishment? Proverbs 21, 23. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. Proverbs Proverbs 15, 1 through 4. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye both on the evil and the good. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. James chapter 1, verse 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Matthew 12, 35 through 37. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. God is serious about us watching our tongue. That verse Elena just read said, we'll be held accountable for every idle word we speak. If you're following along in the kids' bulletins, let me say that again. God is serious about watching our tongue because we'll be held accountable for every idle word we speak. Jesus was once accused of getting his miraculous power from Satan. The accusation came from the pastors and priests of the day, the religious leaders. Imagine how quickly that rumor would have spread. Hey, hey, Jacob, Hannah, yesterday at my midday prayer at the temple, you'll never guess what Rabbi Hillel said. You you remember that guy, Jesus, we keep hearing about? Remember that? Rabbi said he gets his power from Satan. Now, I don't want to spread rumors or anything, so I'm speaking out of love. 
Okay, but do you think we should be concerned? Do you think we should tell Zeke and Rebecca? You imagine how quickly that would have spread? I mean, from one Jew to the next. God is serious about watching our tongue, and we will be held accountable for every idle word we speak. Now, idle, this paints the picture of words spoken while we're sitting around doing nothing. And for sure, one of the meanings of the Greek word argos is lazy, idle. But it also means thoughtless, unprofitable, injurious, to, to injure. Now, accusing Jesus of something as crazy as being possessed by Satan was definitely thoughtless. Definitely unprofitable. Maybe we would never go and say that about somebody. But have our words ever hurt somebody? Have we ever said something without thinking? I know I have. One day, we will stand before the throne of God and have to give account for our words. So this is one good reason why we should watch what we say. Psalm 12, verse 3. May the Lord cut off their flattering lips and silence their boastful tongues. Proverbs 10, verse 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Proverbs 16, 27. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. Matthew 15, verse 11. It is not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Psalm 140, verses 1 to 3. O Lord, rescue me from evil people. Protect me from those who are violent, those who plot evil in their hearts and stir up trouble all day long. Their tongues sting like a snake. The venom of a viper drips from their lips. Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Gary Chapman wrote a book several years back that laid out the five love languages. Many of you have read that book. He spoke of gifts, of quality time. He spoke of words of affirmation. Now, in a marriage relationship, frankly, in any relationship, if the person we are speaking to if their love language is words of affirmation, we've got to be real intentional with what we say at all times. In any relationship, if their love language is words of affirmation, we've got to be real intentional with what we say. We've got to be intentional because if we choose the wrong thing, since words is how they receive love, the wrong words could drastically affect the relationship. In an effort to keep the relationship strong, our words need to be pleasing to the other person. Now, if our heartbeat is to be in right relationship with God, our words need to be pleasing to him as well. Whether you believe me or not, I found that in my own life, when my words are not well chosen, whether those words are to God or to other people, those words always have an effect on my relationship with God. I realized just as the psalmist cried out in Psalm 19:14 that my words and thoughts need to be pleasing to God. 
as my words do play a significant role in my relationship with him. Psalm 39, verse 1. And I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will hold my tongue when the ungodly are around me. Proverbs 13, 3. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Matthew 12, 24. Jesus says, you brood of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Psalm 141, verse 3. Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Ephesians 4, 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Mark 8, verses 27 through 29. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Peter replied, You are the Messiah. Our passages of reading of scripture for this last week have had several mention of words. Watching them, proclaiming them, using them. You've heard passages already from Psalm 19 and from the book of James. Our proverb for this past week started with Proverbs 120, where it says, Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowd along the main street. Somebody standing on the corner, shouting out in public. You've all seen this. If you haven't seen it personally, you've seen it on the news. These people, whether we agree with them or not, are being heard. It is very public, and they need to choose their words carefully. Now, our words, whether yelled publicly from the street corner or said via text message or Facebook or just in a comment in the foyer, they will also be heard. And our words will have an effect on other people, and they will have an effect on their view of God. We just heard Elena read Jesus' uh, question to his disciples about who do people say that I am? And then he asked them, who do you say that I am? Our words will affect other people's answer of that question. When Jesus asks, who do you say I am, our words will affect their answer. When we are professed followers of Christ, our words, all of them, will be taken into account as others not following Christ will reflect on Christ's question. I mean, imagine you've been working at the plant for quite some time and you overhear this conversation. You see the guy, he says, hmm, I've known Jack for a long time, and Jack is a Christian. I've worked with him at the plant for 22 years, and I've seen him go through some hard times. Every time he goes through these challenges, he always swears a lot. I remember when his wife miscarried early on, he sounded the same when, as when Steve's wife did the same thing. He sounded the same as every other guy in this plant. Follow Christ? I 
don't see a difference in Jack. So maybe this Jesus character isn't who he claims to be, a life changer and all. And that's one way the conversation could go. Now another way it could go is this. Hmm. I've known Jack for a long time. I've, I've worked with him at the plant for 22 years. I remember when his wife first miscarried, when he first started working here, all the words that came out of his mouth. But then I, I remember him saying something about going to church and, and following this, this Jesus guy. And, and then his wife miscarried again four years later. And, and yes, Jack's words were still full of pain, but there was something different. It was as if he was a different guy completely. Maybe this Jesus character really is who he says he is, a life changer and all. An imaginary conversation based on what our words can do, on how other people would answer, who do you say I am, when Jesus asks. We need to watch our words. It's as simple as that. We'll have to give account for what we say. Our words will affect our relationship with God, and they will affect other people's relationships with God. This could put a lot of pressure on us. It'd be very easy to spend all day, every day, being aware of what we're saying. I mean, we could very easily get into the habit of checking boxes at night. Let's see, no potty words today? Check. Uh, uplifting and encouraging words today? Check. Uh, gently spoken words? Hmm, half check, maybe? The danger in checking boxes is that this quickly becomes sin management. And I don't want to teach sin management. I want to teach relationships. I want to tell you that our words, they don't secure our salvation. They don't make us more right or less right with God. Our words simply affect our relationship. What has made us right with God is Christ's sacrifice on the cross. God valued us so much and he valued our relationship so much that he came in the flesh as Jesus of Nazareth and he spoke words. Many words, ultimately words that give us life, and his words matched his actions. Now it's those words that we've, or those actions that we've been leading up to remembering this entire service. We remember in the act of communion, and communion quite simply is the method Jesus spoke to have us remember his life, his teachings, and his sacrifice. Right? The passages say it was over dinner that he took a piece of bread broke it and said. He took a cup of wine and said. I'm going to invite those serving communion to come forward. I'll pray and we'll pass out the bread and the juice. Then I encourage you during this time as the elements are being passed out to spend some time reflecting on the words you have heard today. Reflect on the passages you have heard read. Reflect on the reminders that I've shared in between and see what God wants to speak to you today. Listen to him well. After some time in reflection, I'll guide us as we take both the bread and the juice. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you chose in the very beginning to speak, to create the world. Thank you that you chose to speak and create mankind. Thank you that you chose to continue to speak through Jesus Christ, 
in a way that makes us right with him. Thank you for Christ's sacrifice, for his giving us the bread as a reminder of his body, for his giving us the cup as a reminder of the blood he would shed. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus didn't stop speaking then, but continues to speak to us today. And I ask as we have this time in quiet and reflection that you would speak well and that we would listen well. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.